welcome to More Than Myths. Is that better? No? Yeah? No? Yeah. You can hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Kind of? No, I could hear you the whole time. You asshole. <laughs> I honestly didn't hear your question. Um, okay, so Haley, I sent you an email today while I was researching topics. I was trying to find some talk- topics for later this month. And I opened this website thinking, because I was kind of looking for a fairy tale. So heads up, guys, I might actually do a fairy tale soon because it's more than myths, not just myths so i was like you know what it qualifies so anyway i was looking for a fairy tale related to halloween or something like that and then i found this little figure so open open the email okay the one that says Haley, do not halian that's my name yeah do not not open i'm opening it yeah you open it now what is that? Oh my god. He's the cutest little guy I've ever seen. He's also spooky. I'm I, not sure if I love it or hate it. Or both. <laughs> so it's this little glass figurine of a mouse dressed as a bat for Halloween. It's $84. Holy shit. But if you <laughs> did you scroll down and see the little prize catch? Oh my god. It's so cute. $65? It's so cute. Yeah, I was just like... I need this little mouse dressed as a bat. And then I saw the price and I was like, I don't know if I need it that bad. (laughs) But I got very excited that there's a thread or a world of people that collect mini mice dressed as specific holiday things. They call them we forest folk (laughs) with his little he's ready to go trick or treating. Yeah. So I was dead and decided that I was like, oh, I'm going to have her open this on the podcast because it's so cute. So you guys, we will share so cute. a picture and a link if you guys want to go buy it. We're not affiliated or associated or sponsored by them, but they have really cute little figurines. So. Yeah, they really do. So yeah, we're on our fifth episode, right? We didn't say this earlier, but I'm Corinne. I'm Haley. We really like to talk about and research cool mythology legends folklore fairy tales and a whole lot more and then we tell you about it yeah okay well we have our first guest so (laughs) my dad is coming on the podcast today and we're really excited to have him what's he gonna talk about do you want to tell them or do you want to have him tell them Ooh, let's have them but i did want to ask you so when you were growing up did you know that he was interested in this particular topic or did you just find out a couple weeks ago i knew that he so the thing about my dad is that he's into all things dark and creepy like he for instance him and my stepmom just bought this house that's this little old bed and breakfast that was named something like something chateau you know it was like supposed to be this french inn <laughs> and that sounds fancy have like they're starting to remodel it and work on it and they're renaming it like ravenwood or raven manor you know like legit something you would read in a goosebumps novel that's what they're naming 
So my dad has always been into the dark and creepy and caves and, you know, the underbelly of the world, I guess. So this doesn't surprise me, but I didn't know the extent of his knowledge. Yeah, that is, that's fascinating. Yeah. (laughs) I love it. What's your, what's your, tell, do you want to tell our friends what your dad's name is? Uh, My dad's name is Corbin. Hold on. You made it. Hello. I was like, did you think I wouldn't make it? No. No, I I was just. We just have some technical difficulties 90% of the time. All the time. (laughs) All of the time. So, Dad, we haven't. We did a little bit of an intro before you got on, but we haven't told our friends who are listening um what you're talking about today oh so to be the the uh, proud introducer of the topic yeah today we're figured doing what i would assume is a fan favorite with vampires yeah i'm so excited i seriously can't wait definitely one of my favorite topics yeah so what got you into vampires you know actually uh, you kind of pre-fed me one of those questions and I was thinking about that a little bit. It, it It's interesting because it, at this point in my life, I think vampires are most attractive because of the eternal life thing. When I got into vampires in my, in my early teens, to me, it was this ultimate anarchy. It was breaking all the rules, staying up late, you know, beating up lame people, getting to wear <laughs> cool goth clothes all the time. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it, it, it just defines um, sort of a persona that so many young people, even you know today and, and through through the ages, have have been attracted to. Um, yeah. it, it, the vampire is the ultimate outsider, right? So if I, I think for me, vampires were attractive just because if you felt like an outsider, it was something that you could relate to and still have, you know, a, a you know, somewhat of a life. Yeah, no, there's definitely something super attractive about being the cool outsider, right? The Right, nobody wants to be a zombie, but Nobody wants to be a zombie. No. It's, 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 no it's, brains it's a for bad, me. bad bad fate, right? So if you're a mindless zombie, you 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 don't really have a choice. But vampires seem to have full choice in whatever they do. Uh right. so not only with with lore, but uh, you know, even in modern literature, it's 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 a choice to live or die, of course, which which they they have. But they they get they get to choose the way that they they want to live their lives, and I think that is uh, is a, a key point of vampires being an attractive subject for young people. Right. Do you think vampires pay taxes? I can't imagine how how they would ever have to. Yeah. Um, you know, certainly, if 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 uh, either of you have read vampire literature, uh, <laughs> there's there's a whole lot of wealth that can be accumulated with uh, compound interest, right? So, a thousand dollars two hundred years ago, and you'd be a billionaire. Just let it let it mature. Um, so, I would say numbered bank accounts um, do it in Switzerland, and probably <laughs> wouldn't have to. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's. My perception too. There's a lot of like name changing and disappearing from one place to another, but 
just like right will and testaments that give it to an you know an unnamed relative or something along those lines that that always make it so you can get your stash no matter what although this day and age i think it would be a much harder place for vampires to to exist there are you know cameras everywhere that every human life is monitored with a cell phone that social media can uh can communicate images around the world in a second you know so the theoretical vampire would have a much harder time in my opinion living in modern society would have to stay rural would have to stay out of uh, the urban uh lifestyle just just a theory right so you kind of have to think forward and think think through what would you do and it gets a little a little harder than when you were talking about you know interview with a vampire 1800s 1700s you know certainly with with the origination of vlad the impaler the original dracula in the 1400s so yeah. when the world was wild you could get away with all kinds of stuff but now not so much so i think it would be harder for a vampire now. yeah for sure well cool uh Haley has some questions lined up have you ever come across anybody that you thought might be a vampire or you kind um, of had a second look at that, that, that person that, that, based on your knowledge that's an interesting question in that uh <laughs> there there is that um that personification that there are a lot of imitators so it's it would be a little tough uh i've seen some very convincing goths uh, that uh-huh. could certainly come across as, as very much being there but truly coming face to face or even down the street with a, a creature that has that sort of powerful manifestation i have not although there were times you know in, in depressed youth where i would have given anything to meet up with a vampire big 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 you know immortal life that whole thing but uh anymore it's yeah no 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 such luck fair enough also lucky well yeah Yeah. i don't know that anybody would really want to meet a real life vampire depends on if you could live through it or not i think i think you know the the ultimate fate of death would definitely dissuade you from wanting to meet a vampire in most cases case by case right yeah like if you could guarantee like being turned into a vampire, that's a different scenario. Yeah, if you don't know if you're gonna live or die, right. it's risky. It's risky. Very much so. Um, so can you tell us how vampires, to your knowledge, came to be? It's kind of the history, what started them, and it's um, more. A, a couple of different things. So uh, you know, obviously they used to hunt witches for witchcraft and, and burn people at the stake. And similarly, uh, when evildoers oftentimes were unearthed, especially in wet climates, there would be not the expected amount of decomposition. Uh, but, but part of that process, uh, first of all, pulls uh, the gums back from, from your teeth. So you're looking at, you dig somebody up, well, look, let's let's go into the complete lore of the thing some bad guy murders a poor young girl in a village it's a vampire or a witch just depends on who you want to blame it was Uh, a vampire some run to the graveyard they dig him up or her 
uh, and this, this body's not, not much decomposed. Uh, the, the teeth are more exposed because of, of uh, the receding of the gums. Therefore, you have a vampire. Uh, they drive a stake through its heart and the murderer gets off scot-free. So that's probably realistically how it picked up. I mean, witches were blamed for everything. Vampires right. similarly were, were blamed as well. And, and then if you look at the demonic background, so somebody that does so much evil that they're, they're literally transformed into a demon on earth. Uh, Vlad the Impaler often thought of being the, the, the first vampire, really only about 45 years old you know, bathed in the blood of his enemies, literally, um, known for oh. healing people, <laughs> uh, you know, all the way up and down, uh, you know, his, his, uh, his castle road, uh, and, and thought to be so vile and so evil that, you know, it, it transforms that, that personage into a, a legend, uh, and, right. and of, of a blood drinker. Now, if you want to look at biological, backgrounds vampire bats are certainly where a lot of that came from creatures of the night so vampire bats uh, which which yep. evolved from eating insects off of animals to going a little deeper <laughs> and drinking their blood um you know wolves certainly scary as hell hunting in packs at night you know the shrill cries of a wolf pack it, it, it's easy to make those transformations into something that's more human uh, right and when you have superstition to to blame whatever is wrong in the world uh, upon those superstitions, then they, they gain power. People will follow yeah. them, and, and eventually they evolve, and the stories really just back them up. I mean, the evolution of monsters, uh, as let's call it ancient pop culture, uh, was was <laughs> ancient pop culture <laughs> more or less. I love it. <laughs> Of what you're seeing today, you know, with with an echo chamber. So you have people going, yeah. oh, vampires are bad. Yes, vampires are bad. What's a vampire again? Oh, yep. that. Yes, they're bad. And didn't they kill that girl? Yes, they did. Ooh. And, and there you go. Yeah, so, common theme with most of the myths we've already, like, researched in our first episodes already. Yeah. So yep. everything's a game of telephone. And everything is to soften <laughs> the blow of, I think, death. Real really. life. Yep. Yeah. 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 I would agree completely. Uh, real life is pretty boring. It's a lot more fun with monsters. Um, yeah. And when you've got monsters to blame, all the crappy things that human beings do, you can blame on something that's not even human. That's, what a great pastime. Yeah. Makes life a little bit more fun and, you know, I, I guess easier to swallow too. If you're like, oh, what's that thing? Nobody's actually capable of doing this terrible thing. It's got to be a monster. Exactly. Right? Exactly. But but through history, there certainly were, were people with, with mental afflictions that drank the blood of animals and of humans. Um, I mean, mm -hmm. the superstitions, the stories aren't based on, on nothing. But you, know, you look at a schizophrenic every three generations. You, you just need, you know, one in a 200-mile area. And eventually you, you've built up something to scare your children with at night because that guy did do that um or right. gal so it, it's it, it's an interesting how it can manifest over time uh and certainly the the topics of your show is, is overall is very interesting because you know lore is what what really is the foundation of who we are today i mean 
we're, we're even at a, at a juncture where we're, we're able to understand and, and start to assimilate more lore from other cultures as well. So if we're looking multiculturally, there are vampires that evolved in most cultures. So it's not just an Eastern European thing. Um, there, there's certainly the, the, the live human flesh, the blood, and you know, blood always being seen as, especially uh, in, in, in earlier times, as the thing that was life, essentially. Right. So the blood poured out of you, as did the life. So obviously they're taking that life via the blood, and then they're taking your life force. So a pretty easy jump to make. Yeah, yeah, for sure. What other questions do you have, hey? Uh, let's see. What is one of the most interesting little-known facts that you've come across that you know, but maybe not a lot of other people know? Hmm. I think that the oddest fact that I can have come across is that... Uh, vampirism was often mistaken for people that had rabies what what no seriously um so as as old yeller loses his shit and oh, goes after oh, jimmy yeller. rest um, in peace <laughs> rest in peace old yeller but uh people become similarly crazed with with an unchecked case of rabies so biting gnashing your teeth scratching you know crazy essentially um oh. so that that is one of the more interesting so it wasn't necessarily schizophrenia or other you know normal disorders of the mind uh it, it could be a situation where somebody is is actually uh bitten by a wolf or a bat and gets rabies and it's pretty again it's very diseased wow that, yeah. exactly make that quick jump from from a bat a vampire bat bitten by a vampire to a <sighs> crazy person that now is going, you know, after people. Wow. I don't yeah. think I like that very much. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, that's, that's they've spooky. got we've got vaccines for that, right? <laughs> yeah, if you if you guys ever watch the office, I think the Michael Scott fun run for for the cure for rabies. Oh <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh poor Meredith. Yeah, like they, have a cure. they have a cure for rabies, Michael. <laughs> so, yeah, now it's not even like it was when I was a kid where we were um, threatened with four-inch needles that had to be inserted into your stomach. And now I think it's just a pretty simple uh, parasite removal. Oh, that sounds nice. unpleasant. <laughs> I'm sure it was. Luckily, yeah. I never had rabies. Did you have one more, Haley? I do, do but it? it's not one that I listed. I just thought of it. How did they travel? So I've heard that they have to have A, a coffin, or B, dirt from their mm -hmm. homeland. Is that true? Is that how they maybe would have come to different continents or gotten yeah, around? Interesting lore around that. Um you know, it, it's that evolution of, of the superstition that happens. So uh, needing to travel in complete darkness, I think, has always been kind of a universal for, for, for vampires, that sunlight is, uh, is devastating. Um, so mm -hmm. any kind of enclosed container. But, but the, the earth 
uh, that they needed to travel with, I think originated in uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula. Now, I may, I may be wrong, but I think that's the first mention of it. There, there were mentions of vampires in some earlier short stories, but obviously uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula in the 1800s really, really set that gothic vampire genre uh, forward a very very popular novel then and still is um yeah. that that's the first time from my knowledge where it was documented uh, that there was a need for the vampire to travel with the earth from their from their homeland um it, other things that were captured in that um the uh the inability to be seen in a mirror for instance um the aversion to to all things Christian, holy water and crucifixes, mm -hmm. um, which I think is, is pretty easy to tie that back to superstition. It's that, you know, if you're a good Christian and you, you know, have your cross with you, that you're safe from vampires. Well, that's right. a pretty easy way to get people to have their crosses around their necks. And right. All yeah. the rules. Um, most easy way to call people a vampire, too. Exactly. Who don't conform mm -hmm. to your you know, ideas. Yeah. yeah. And actually I think that's a really good call out that most monsters are just one more way to make the uh, anti-conformists conform or at least subvert and hide. So, yeah. and I think that's another reason it's, it's so attractive to young people because so many people, young people feel like they can't truly be themselves. So they fight the power. <laughs> right. So those who fight the power are labeled you know, whatever they're labeled today, right? But yeah. But vampires would have been something that was an easy label to throw at somebody. Uh huh. Oh, I feel like we have like the beginnings of like a name of a like cool radical group here. <laughs> it's in. It's in there. I'll think of it. It's gonna come to me. <laughs> Vampire, you know. Some rebels or something. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, Dad, what's your favorite vampire story? Oh, I think that uh, Anne Rice's books are probably the most mature that I've read. Um, oh yeah, really uh, a great introductory novel with Interview with a Vampire. Moving to Vampire Lestat. I, I must admit that I have not read some of the later ones, Vampire Armand. I know that there are several uh, books in that series that I haven't read, um, but but kind of enjoyed her invention of a new lore with uh, the origination of uh, vampires uh, with a humanized demon form, you know, based in ancient Egypt. Interesting, oh, yeah. very, very yeah. interesting. And I hope I didn't spoil the books for anybody because that Perfect. really went right to the end. Anyway, um, <laughs> I, I think that those are are very gritty, vital books that kind of show the real life of how different vampires would deal with their curse, if that's the way they see it, their hellishness, if that's the way they see it, or just their their situation. Um, right. That, that it goes from hyper religious to I, you know, I'm an atheist, and wow, this is an interesting change of who I am. So I, I, I like those those books uh, for the perspectives. I think would be would be the history and the perspectives are are really really great in Anne Rice's books. Nice, yeah. I've read the first two. I have not read Queen of the Damned yet, but I've seen the 
classic <laughs> Hollywood film. <laughs> oh my God, never, never see Queen of the Damned, the classic Hollywood film. Uh, from my understanding, the next Game of Thrones and another spoiler is supposed to be a remake of all of the Anne Rice books. On oh, your- I would <gasps> die. I would die. Please they, do that. They, Please. Those books, the attention. Oh, that would yeah. be amazing. I really want to read those books again. Yeah. <laughs> like ready. It, very exciting series to to look at with the kind of respect to the original material and the budgets that could be done with, with HBO and a weekly series. So yeah. as I understand that they're, they're going to go in order um, right from right from interview with the vampire, uh, skipping over the Brad Pitt, Tom Cruise ordeal. Um, and then, <laughs> and then through Queen, Queen of the Damned, and obviously there's enough source material going on to uh, other stories, Armand and Marius and a few others that uh, that might just keep it going for a little longer than Game of Thrones. So yeah, Haley, we should fact check and see how many books there are because I'm curious because I know there's quite a few. I have quite a few of them, but off the top of my head, I couldn't tell you. I mean, there's at least. Nine, ten? Yeah, there's there's a lot. There's a lot. So good good Um, reading and and it's certainly a great introduction to anybody that's needing a good outlet and and a good escape. Yeah. Aside from Vlad the Impaler being just kind of an overall douchebag, (laughs) what else was he like what else was he known for that you know of that was considered it kind of makes him that first vampire. Um, well, the impaling wasn't a bad place to start. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Definitely not. You know, he, he may have been the first on his block that was impaling people regularly. How, how would I put it? He, he showed a level of cruelty that's, you know, few before, no, none before and few since have, have really, uh, uh, to be, to be in a very obscure part of the world in the 1400s and still be popular today or known researched today, uh, the level of his cruelty had to be ridiculously over the top. And I, I don't, I don't even know how to put it. The, the you know, the, the, the hundreds and thousands of people that he, that he killed, that he impaled, that uh, he would, uh, you know, slaughter entire villages and, and just brutally for no reason. Just his his uh, his viciousness, I think, is what what probably gave him that that uh, honor of being the first vampire. Gotcha. Yeah, that makes sense. That does make sense. Makes sense. Do you have something? It's not in the same vein, like, like with the Vlad the Impaler. Vein. But I, I do. I do yeah. have another. I do have another question. Thanks for laughing at my joke, Dad. Oh, Bane. Oh, <laughs> I didn't even realize I did that. <laughs> it was a good one. It was a good one. You didn't even know you did it. I didn't it even know I one. did it. <laughs> uh, are there different types of vampires? Okay, so I don't know if you've seen or heard of the TV show, uh, What We Do in the Shadows. Oh, oh. Wow, yeah, so. so Colin Robinson, he's an oh energy God. vampire. He's he's my favorite character. <laughs> I've met I energy vampires. I, I but... would say without a shadow of a doubt that energy vampires and emotional <laughs> vampires exist. Oh 
and most likely exists somewhere within your sphere. You've those met types one. Of oh, those types of vampires are so real. Anyway, I didn't mean <laughs> to jump past your question. <laughs> oh, this show is great. Again, if you're interested <laughs> in vampires at all and you have not seen what we do in the shadows, first watch the original mockumentary on HBO and then go watch the show on FX. It's worth your time. It's so worth it. <laughs> not sponsored. Just fans. <laughs> but if you wanted to sponsor us, that'd be cool. Oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah, that would be a great a great show to have as a sponsor. Um, so, no, I was going to say that obviously the classic, if you're looking at an Eastern European, um, you know, a Vlad type, which uh, I'm, I'm drawing a blank on the, on the main character, uh, who is another Impaler, who is very much modeled on that, a, a warrior from, you know, the 14, 1500s. Uh, known for his cruelty, blah blah blah. The relentless. What right. is? What's his name? Nandor. Nandor. The relentless. Nandor. Because I was, Nandor. I relented. Because I, I didn't <laughs> relent. I didn't relent. Never relented. And, and then you know some of the 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 you know Romanian vampires, but they're all essentially the same. Um, but it, it's fun, especially in that show and and the film, how they portray the older vampires. Um, I was going to bring up earlier that, uh, in just in this question, that the difference between a vampire that's portrayed in the French silent classic Nosferatu, uh, which was really an adaptation of, of Bram Stoker's Dracula, is, is wildly different than you would get from, you know, Bela Lugosi's adaptation or adaptation, mm -hmm. the same thing. I, I don't know that, I, and I'm sure that lore has different spins on vampires between you know from from one side to the other so if you watched uh you know the recent bbc's dracula very very different take on you know the almost unimaginable power of of this dracula that bordered on a superhero type um uh -huh. to to a renfield character which is you know a lowly vampire that was much like louis in the first book living on rats and bugs um mm. I, I think that there's always going to be the, let, let's call it a power differential between a powerful vampire and a weak vampire. Now, multiculturally, if you were to, to look at, at some of the lore that, that uh, was around different vampire types, uh, I, I'm sure uh, other than almost universally uh, needing complete darkness um, and, and not, not uh, being able to, to be in the sunlight, other than that, uh, I, you know, dramatic differences, right? So can can drink blood through their fingernails or Ew. Wait, well, did you just say they can drink blood through the through their fingernails? Right. But then look Ew. at that as a but look at that as an adaptation of what a, a vampire bat does. I mean it, it scratches its prey and then it laps up the blood. It doesn't bite in with two fang marks. Oh. So different cultures will look at the, you know, at, at whatever their lore has evolved. So as 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 I said, most cultures uh, internationally have some sort of vampire lore or something very similar to it that they're going to have their own superpowers <laughs> associated mm -hmm. with that particular lore. So I wouldn't necessarily say that there is a different vampire type, but uh, I, I would say that uh, there are going to be different powers associated or different weaknesses associated or uh, sometimes even um, intelligence versus mindlessness where you may have something that's closer to you know, a night living zombie or a ghoul that uh, would also Ooh. be a vampire, you know, eats human flesh. 
Wendigo. Oh, mm-hmm. Wendigo. Our yeah, last episode, Wendigo. or one of our mm-hmm. episodes was on uh, Wendigo, and it's like a cannibal zombie deer. Oh. But, I mean, probably in the same kind of wheelhouse mm-hmm. as a vampire. Yeah, because it can only subsist on humans. And did you say it was a deer? It's a it's a spirit. It's it can look like a deer. It can have the head of a deer. It, oh, interesting. It's horrifying. It's mostly just emaciated skin and bones, either with you know, just fangs and owl long arms, eyes, and, and hairy, and it's oh, yeah, it yeah, it's yeah, upsetting. Haley scared me sure. with that one. I scared myself with that one. <laughs> Yeah, it sounds it sounds a little like the classic ghoul, which can also be um, uh, mistaken for a vampire, which is generally sleeps in a grave, um, but is a semi-rotting corpse that generally will eat human flesh rather than drink the bloods, but you know is wearing mm-hmm. its rags, doesn't have any real intelligence anymore. So yeah, I, I'm I'm sure that that's uh, each culture would define their vampire uh, their 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 vampirism a little differently with the common thread of drinking blood and sunlight is, is generally uh always associated with that lore unless you're a twilight vampire right which we, we won't go there oh and twilight vampires <laughs> sparkly ones i forgot about the sparkly ones yeah the sparkly ones Ew. Haley's, Haley's <laughs> mad at me for even saying it yuck <laughs> we'll cut that part out (laughs) well but i think that you're looking at a mass appeal where you're trying to make something that's popular to 60 70 percent of the population accessible to the rest of the population Mm -hmm. Uh, i mean you you can pop culture anything and and i would say that the twilight series absolutely is a pop culturization um and, and if you if you read through it you'll find that most of the stuff in it, as far as their backgrounds, origination stories, strengths and weaknesses, are a lot of it's stolen from Anne Rice. Oh. A lot of the humanity is stolen from Anne Rice. Right. As well. Right. Yeah, I mean, key, you know, Louis and Edward thinking that they're monsters and damned and, mm-hmm. you know, they're cursed beings and they... Eat animals. Oh, I've never thought about the parallels before. Gross. Okay. <laughs> Gross. Fair enough. Fair enough. How do you how do you get rid of a vampire? Is the classic silver, garlic? Like, is there actually different mythology behind how you would so survive I, I re- a vampire? I read something interesting uh, about garlic, and it was the same reason that you would find your boyfriend girlfriend husband wife's <laughs> breath offensive um that vampires really aren't uh, allergic to garlic or or they just don't like that strong smell uh so the the the, the theory was the heightened senses uh, associated with being a vampire uh garlic is just too much for them to take so if you eat a bunch of garlic you get a really good chance at least from this theory most modern adaptations. Sounds good. There you go. Kick yeah. the garlic. Um, most modern adaptations uh, leave the the Christian archetypes behind. That those aren't really vulnerabilities. That's just something that would have had to have been part of the good and evil. 
concepts when that vampire was was human. So that's an interesting thing. But if you if you're looking at the the truly demonic, you know, uh, manifestation of of a vampire as once a human being but truly a demon on Earth, then there there may be some some uh, opportunity. Uh, honestly, from everything I've ever read, that the truly the only best way is fire or beheading and that's kind of across the board that a wooden stake is is specific to some some lore but uh beheading and certainly burning is is all she wrote for a vampire Ooh, and, and no coming back from that yeah. yeah no coming back from burning or sunlight or beheading is usually pretty good if, if you keep the head very separate from the body mm. good good to know We'll have to rethink our vampire killing kit here. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <Flame> <laughs> that steak isn't going to cut it. Yeah. Incinerator. Just a flamethrower. There We're you just go. Just helping people not get eaten by vampires. Exactly. <laughs> um, there was one thing I was talking to you, Dad, when I initially asked you about vampires that you told me that was like, there's also a version that they, the vampire is like, half demon and then as it creates more people or more vampires it like gets less and more and more like a parasite yeah it's and, and really that's that's uh kind of where Anne rice started with the queen of the dam concept was uh this concentrated demon that found its way into a human host that lost its own identity but each time this uh blessing or curse was passed along it would lessen the suffering of the original host somewhat um pass along a little bit so over the ages it's uh it actually offered some peace to a very tormented original host for that for that demon interesting but um again pretty pretty parallel with vampire bats being a parasite and rabies being a parasite passed through a vampire bat giving somebody rabies and and you know, right. they're a vampire. I mean, it, it's pretty easy to draw the lines between and and see how you know ancient cultures were able to put this together. Now, Vlad would have been that 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 demon on Earth person, just out of pure evil. But the, you know, there's really no no recorded accounts of him making additional vampires or you know being a, a true vampire himself, other than. There is no doubt in my mind that Vlad the Impaler knew the taste of human blood well, but he probably did it mostly to intimidate his enemies. Right. The OG POS. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yep. There you go. Vlad. <laughs> the OG. That's great. <laughs> um, well, that's awesome. Well, thank you I learned me. so much. Yeah, thank you for coming on our show and sharing all your vampire knowledge. Yeah, and I'll, I'll leave you with one movie that you can try to find if you if you've never seen it. Uh, the Hunger with Catherine Deneuve and David Bowie is an absolute vampire classic. Oh, so I've I'll never leave heard that. of that. Uh, yeah. It's it's the best vampire movie you've never heard of, and I think that you would enjoy it. So, so try to find it, and if you can't, awesome. I'll uh, hook you up because that is. I that also is have a vampire movie suggestion that is lesser known, but it's on like the campy, funny side. 
and it's called Lesbian Vampire Killers. And it's like young <laughs> James Corden. So fucking funny. If you it's want a classic. The most disturbing vampire movie, and not for the reasons that you would think, uh, a movie called Kiss of the Vampire with Nicolas Cage. Oh my God. Love I'm not even Nick Cage movie. Yeah, this this is classic Nick Cage in his early 30s. And <laughs> it is unbelievably strange. And <laughs> nothing like you'd expect. So honestly, the hunger from a from a serious vampire uh, movie and, and very, very well done to to kiss of the vampire with Nicolas Cage, which is also very well done, but a totally different kind of story. So I think you'd you'd like both of those. Nice. Okay. I took I, I took excellent notes. <laughs> I can't wait to have a vampire movie weekend. Okay, I can't wait to hear how you guys like them. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks, Dad, so much for um, coming on. We appreciate you, and Thank we'll probably you so have much. you back in the future. So, Amen. Amen. All right. Well, thanks again for having me. Thank yeah, thanks, you. Dad. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. That was so fun. That was so much fun. I love that he just has all of that knowledge rolling around in his brain. I know. It's so cool. It's um, incredible. Seriously, though, guys, I was I was planning on doing vampires, and um, I knew that he was super interested, and so I was going to use him as a resource, and then just decided that that was not how I should go about it. We should just have him on, and I think it turned out great, so we were really, really happy to host him. Yeah. Thank you, Corbin. Thanks again. Thanks for listening, though, everybody. <laughs> Remember, check out our Instagram at More Than Myths and also on Twitter, More Than Myths. We do a fact check episode once a month where if we miss something or if we got something wrong, which is totally, totally plausible, we're going to talk about it. We'll come back to it. Um, so send us an email at morethanmythspodcast at gmail.com and we will take your feedback. Also, I was thinking about it earlier, Haley. These are myths. So are they facts? Should we call it a myth check episode? I think we should. I think we should too. Check in those myths. Myth checks. Yeah. So yeah, that's what we're going to call myth them from checks. now on. Myth checks. Myth checks. All it's right. I fun. like it. I'm down right. for that. Also, if you guys enjoy this podcast, uh, if you can go to Apple Podcasts and just leave us a review, let us know how we're doing. Uh, that would really help us out. Tell people that you know to give us a listen. Um, but thanks, you guys. Hope you enjoyed this episode. And until next time. Yeah, we'll see you next week. Thanks for stopping by. <laughs>